Welcome to the Workbrand Podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and theworkbrand.com. actually worked and there we go salutations and welcome to yet another edition of idol worship here on the workprint.com podcast i am your host the ever nimble robert j kajowski and i'm flanked and abutted by my contrapuntal and contrarian co-host norton now this episode is the penultimate episode thankfully uh-huh. i'm gonna say thank christ because i don't know how much more we could take of this sam levinson and abel tesfe uh, thank yeah. you for nothing <laughs> so fourth episode called the star uh, called stars belong to the world which i already sort of got where this was going i don't know if you ever got the i've heard it before i don't remember where if it was in this series or if it was somewhere else but basically and we'll get to the whole thing but there is a pervading thought among certain people that if you're a celebrity you're not even human you're more or less not automaton based for other people's entertainment ah. so you can't have your own agency you can't have your own life ah. because you're meant you're you're supposed to be you're put on this earth to entertain right and that's it i mean there is that mentality of like to a lesser degree that you know once you become a public figure you don't deserve any privacy you don't deserve any i guess opinions clearly because mm-hmm. people always get mad when celebrities give opinions but you know there's still people like it or not that's true no, we're good. Not recording? Or no, we're good. We're good. Um, so we'll open up with the opening shot, which kind of, to me, I already rolled my eyes because we look around uh, the mansion, Joss's mansion. Joss, played by Lily Rose Depp. Oh, right. Uh, she's got armed the guards now. The weird. Yeah, all of a sudden there's armed guards, and you yeah. have, like, the two maids are, like, talking shit, They're, like, they're gabbing. I, I, I didn't mark it down. I was going to say for a moment they kind of, but they don't... They're not. They don't serve the purpose of a Greek chorus, but they kind of remind they me kinda, a little yeah. bit. They kind of, yeah. But they're Greek like a poor chorus, man's Greek chorus. But a Greek chorus technically is supposed to be throughout the entire thing. They were only yeah. In they're the only beginning. in the beginning. They don't show up again. Actually, the armed guards don't show up again. No. Like there's really just that one. But scene. with the armed guards, that got me being like a super. I, I'm not gonna be afraid to admit it. A uh, big Scarface fan. <laughs> when I was that age, that it was. I guess appropriate to be I a Scarface guy. fan. Like it'd be it's surprising if you didn't like Scarface. But this is my thing. My whole thing Men is love no, I know and gangsters. My whole thing though is like I think at a certain age, this is gonna. I'm probably gonna get so much hate mail for this. Uh, if you want to direct it, direct it to my Twitter, which is <laughs> at writer underscore wrong. But my whole thing is, I think it's acceptable to be into like Tony Montana and Scarface and Godfather's just a great movie, so I think that's timeless personally. But all that mob shit, I think like when you're in your 20s, like when you're in college, like late teens, early 20s, where you could hang that crap in your room. Uh, when you're in your late 30s to 40s, if you have a Tony Montana poster, I'm not, I, it's a good movie. I like, <laughs> I like Al Pacino. I like Brian De Palma, but it just seems very... Fat boyish at that point. Um, to me, I to think me. I think the distinction is that the the person that is younger mm. 
has the poster because they're emulating the lifestyle, whereas the person who is older has the poster because and they're emulating the younger. art. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, I could that's see how you can get I away see with that. it. I could you see can that. say like, oh, well, now I really appreciate the directing. I appreciate the acting. I yeah. appreciate the story. I mean, if whereas you're, when you're younger, you're just like, oh man, he's so cool. Well, he just fucking does cocaine and murders people. So basically, Norton saved me from the guillotine. <laughs> Where she's like, if you're 40 and you have a Tony Montana poster, then you're cool because you understand the aesthetics of it. I'm more saying so you can get else. away with calling yourself a film buff. But, yeah, you no, have I that agree. that excuse to lean on. I agree. Um, I think. Now, if it's also flanked by, like, cheesecake posters, then you're fucked. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I, it really drove the point home just in the very beginning because there's a shot that sort of zooms out of the entire mansion. You have uh, Ted, Ted, Tedros. Tedros, uh, played by Abel Tesfe, aka The Weeknd, oh, and weekend. he's smoking a big stogie on like the balcony, and that's a very Tony Montana, especially when it pulls out and you see like, the armed guards and crap. He almost has a balcony, almost like Tony Montana's too, in his mansion. So yeah. that was very, I'm sure, the shot itself, the you, opening was very inspired by something you like have that. Have the um, the framing of it is very specific too, because yeah. you have her legs and part of her ass. Yeah, and like, I, I marked that down. on the bed. So you're just kind of like, oh, okay, it's either a dead body or it's a conquered woman, and mm-hmm. obviously we know which one it is. Yeah. Like I, this episode's gonna make you question that. I mean, I even literally wrote, "quote Even the opening scene with Joss's ass, though trying to be pretty and arty, ends up being like an <laughs> album cover." But I don't know if they're gonna go with like maybe because it's album cover. Like, there's you know, the question I honestly was cover. wondering if it was like an album cover, like it, homage. Yeah, it looks very it much looks like very one. like. But rapper for, or something, yeah, album it cover. looks like a rapper yeah. uh, album cover, honestly. For all the cool things, maybe that, that might have been a, for a moment a cool thing. You have shit like with these maids, these two Spanish maids that only speak in Spanish. Um, they, they're doing, they're cleaning up all the nasty shit around the house, especially after a party. Yep. This includes a dildo stuck to the shower wall. Yeah, suction to the shower wall. And the thing is that it's like, okay, they're trying to be like shocking it's not it's it's not riveting stuff it's no. not because it's i it, i honestly was thinking to myself i'm like oh i want more of the maids like can i like we get the, more maids. Of the maids i like the maids, <laughs> the maids don't take amazing. them away like can we just make that an episode but while we're <laughs> opening gildenstern and rosenblantz are dead or whatever Rosen, yeah gildenstern and rosenkrantz rosenblantz I like. <laughs> but um like give me the give me the maids uh, like Joss's like maids them. are dead. Well, because they're they're speaking the truth, true. Basically, yeah. they're saying that Tedros is nuts, which he is. Yep. Everybody else is nuts, and they don't see why somebody like Joss could be controlled. Yeah. By him, which we'll find out very soon. Uh, we also see Leia, played by Rachel Sennett, uh, kind of observing her. I don't want to say boy toy because she doesn't have control over him. I don't know at some point I mean, at who has control point, over who. it's kind of like a boy toy. Kind of. He's, I feel like he's there to control her. Like Tedros has him there to sort of keep yeah, her in distracted mm-hmm. and in line. But yeah, he gets but up and he, has like he a does, very weird. He, it's, his t- I, it's like tantric sex stretches. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, and I wrote this in my and notes. He's in a fucking like, what is that, a leopard print? like? It, like a, yeah, it's like a oh leopard pit print mankini. Yes. Oh, my God. But I said, like, it just reminds me of, because it's very tantric-like, and I said, the series is a, like, this whole series is a tantric joke. It's all build up with ultimately no payoff, which Agreed, it is. yeah. It's really been proven me so far right. Um, 
so we're gonna start with breakfast. Ah, breakfast. Which I thought was kind of stupid because obviously he has somebody serving breakfast. He's the only one eating at a long table, and he has a meeting with Leia of all Joss's meetings. Well, because again, he's basically taken over Joss's yeah. position in the house, uh, which Leia obviously doesn't like, uh, but she puts up with it because she doesn't know how to stand up to him. I guess she's like intimidated by yeah. him. But yeah, he's. I don't know who the hell cooks for him either because he mm. got rid of the chef. So yeah. unless one of his other cronies can cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he's sitting there eating and she's trying to go through like what the day is supposed to be. And he's like, no, cancel yeah, cancel, this, cancel, cancel that. It. We're not seeing this. We're not doing that. And the reason, I mean, even a doctor's appointment had to be canceled. So you're like, well, he's being a dick. Why is he canceling all these things? Well, because he's got Mike Dean coming to the house. He's making uh, a big deal yeah. about Mike Dean. Mike Dean. I'm gonna... I, is this a real person? I don't know. Okay, let's I, look n- this up. Now, please, yeah, please this look, look them up. Only because I'm pretty big on producers having been for a minute one myself, but I don't know all of them. Uh, uh, what's his face? Tedros claims that he was Kanye's producer. He is an American hip-hop record producer. There you go. So he is apparently yeah, he a looked real, real guy. He looked real to me. But he looked he like is a producer. Fifty-eight. Yeah, he looked like yeah. And he is apparently a gigantic pothead. Mm-hmm. Well, this is the thing because he rolls up. He rolls up. In he's hot boxing. Yeah, like, in the car. Oh he's got a big ass bong in his hand, which is fine. I don't have anything against it, but it's kind of like they're doing it to either like he's really that was in in his writer. Like, if I'm going to do this episode, then, like, have me smoking weed all the time. That could be in his writer. Maybe he wants to portray that. Or if it's not, it seems as though the creators want to portray that this guy is edgy smoking weed. Like, weed's not edgy anymore. Anyway. So yeah, what does it matter? weed's legal, so you're fine now. But the weird thing is that Norton might be onto something because he, like, has that damn thing. If he's not actually at the computer, he has that damn thing in his hands all the time. That Dude, damn bomb. Dude, it's nuts. Like... So they have a scene a little later on uh, where, uh, so Joss's one manager, Destiny, comes to the house to kind of get the lay of the land, Mm -hmm. see what's going on, see how things are looking. And at some point, uh, she sits in on the recording for one of Joss's new songs. Mm -hmm. And she gives a note about how Joss kind of gives like a meh moan or yeah. voice or whatever the hell it is. Uh, we'll get to that. So, we'll get to that. But, oh, yeah, right. no, well, but uh, the only reason I bring it up, yeah. we don't have to go full into you, but yeah. the only reason I bring it up is because Mike Dean and whoever the hell the guy yeah. with him with, uh, yeah. they are both sort of like just laughing at the situation at first, at, first, at first. And then they're a little uncomfortable and then they go back to laughing because they're just high as this shit. This is, well, yeah, what Norton's talking about is more or less what I consider the um, set piece of the, the episode. It's the big scene. So it looks like he's produced albums for Beyonce, Travis Scott, Frank Ocean, Madonna, Lana Del Rey, and The Weeknd. I Donuts. do not see Kanye on his list. So that enough. might have just been like, a, we'll go with it only yeah. like it's a lie, but because nobody's going to search it up. But The Weeknd makes sense that he would be in that. Exactly, because, yeah. I mean, this, again, is a weekend vehicle, more or less. Uh, but, okay, it's something that I've never seen before. It's a little detail that was kind of interesting. Uh, not that interesting details really do this. It's too late in the game for interesting details to make the series watchable. Mm-hmm. But when Mike Dean first comes, he claps all around the house. Oh yeah, he, he does tries a clap to find, test. Yeah, it's he's a, trying to find good the, acoustics. The best acoustics around the house, which, which I guess I, makes perfect sense. Yes, you don't want echoes. 
You don't want echoes. Because when he goes in the one room, it's yeah, like it's there's no echoey. echoes. Yeah. You want it to be... He goes be... in the pool and he's like, no. Yeah. You want the room that's going to be... That's going to contain the most sound and not have it bounce off the walls because you have an echo. That's going to be pain through the editing process. It's just the echo is going to stay. It's natural. Oh, it does say he's worked with Kanye West. Oh, okay. 13 times. 13, jeez. In fact, Dean's work with Kanye is one of the most significant accomplishments. Early in his career. Early in his career. Wow. I have to do some deep diving on this. I'm kind of curious now. But it's yeah. just weird because the guy looked old. Again, not familiar with Mike Dean. He just looked like a guy that was in his 50s. That I mean, let's tried not forget that, like, everyone you knew that was young is now old. Like, no, no, no. Kanye yeah. is pretty old. No, no, but I'm saying with Mike Dean specifically, I'm saying he looked to me like a 50-something-odd guy with the dress sense of a 20 year old see yeah i kind of got that like 30s vibe of or like 30s. you know you're panicking you don't want to dress old yeah and also you're high as shit so it's like you don't care mm -hmm. but he sets up he eventually uh, finds a spot and so uh they start to collaborate uh, the one thing that i made mention of on my notes which is not really it's neither here nor there it's kind of inconsequential but um she kept sort of saying this this melody, Joss kept telling Mike, and this this is not the first time I've heard this melody before in the show itself, but the piano melody, and it reminded me a lot of, and I'm not saying, I'm just saying allegedly, possibly, this could be a copyright lawsuit. I don't think it will be, only because I don't know how far they're going with it, but the melody that she spouts is very note-for-note -note reminiscent of a childish Gambino song called Bonfire. So I oh, don't Oh, I think... thought it was supposed to be that song that Chloe made up about the family. But yeah, maybe you're right. I wasn't listening that closely. Uh, I just, well, it's just the, the piano line itself. And it just could be, again, the music industry is weird. Uh, the most recently we had... Um... Oh, you're talking about Chloe with the Crocodile song, right? No. no. No, I was talking about Joss. Okay. I was talking about Joss. The Crocodile song I liked, um, and we'll get to that in a second. But that's all I wanted to say about that. I There's mean, a lot going on in this episode. Just fair warning. It's the, like there, everything in the kitchen. That's the thing. There's a lot going no on, but we don't really care too like much. Like a lot of the episodes so far, as bad as they have been, they've at least been mm -hmm. fairly linear. Yeah. This one is like, what? But they picked a shitty time to go for the second to last episode. It's like, it's I mean, if you're going to go off the rails. But uh, yeah, it's too little, a little too little too late. But her and Tedros, Joss and Tedros start collaborating on lyrics for the song and the lyrics I don't remember by heart were even closely verbatim but an approximation would be something to the effect of like she doesn't like to make decisions she wants to somebody to make decisions for her oh yeah or something to which I like, like when other people make decisions for me yeah which yeah. if it's pretty front and center she's just being pretty damn blatant about that and Tedros said like oh that's a good line like use yeah. that as your first line so clearly he is having control over her artistic output. I already don't like the guy. I mean, I'm sure he's not supposed to be likable, no. but I just do not like anything about him. No. And I'm sure he's supposed to see that. But at this point with Joss, all that she's going through, I don't know about you, but I'm just a hypothetical question to the audience, just an open-ended question. Like, do we really want to see Joss succeed? Even though she's we're supposed to want to do we really want her to succeed get out of tedros's control because i don't really care one way or the other she's not made lily rose Depp as good as she is in certain 
points in this whole series, I don't really care whether she gets out or not. Like, no. she hasn't given me that likability. And you have to remember, like, this particular episode, too, tries to suddenly out of nowhere flip the script. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, uh, there's like, a, a whole second half that happens in this episode where all of a sudden you kind of start questioning who's the bad guy here. That's true. And That's true. it's weird because it's it feels like it's out of nowhere only because the show's not good enough to have set it up well. Yeah. But you do recognize that there are moments in their burgeoning relationship, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, that she does set hard lines against him. That yeah. she prevents him from doing certain things. Mm-hmm. So at the point where they decide to introduce this sudden idea of Oh no, it turns out Joss is the mastermind. Then you go back and you go to like the the one the music video episode which I had said yeah. if they're trying to make it like she's a master manipulator, they're not doing a great job of it. No, and now this right. episode kind yeah. of swings around and says, "No, we were trying to do that." Yeah. Sorry if it didn't look like that. Uh as a really quick um just asterisk, uh we do find out a little bit more about Ted Dross because Destiny does her deep dive on him yes uh before destiny goes to the house i want to say she has like a meeting with heim to kind of discuss like who this guy is Mm -hmm. and basically his name i marked his name down just because a weird name it is mauricio costello jackson oh yeah and then heim thinks he's like italian and it's like no it's just something you name your kid to make it sound like they're important or some shit uh but we also learned that he has a history of kidnapping and torture. Yes. Which the torture, you kind of could infer just from like how aggressive he was with Joss. Mm. But the fact that it was like actual torture, I can't be surprised. They, I think they wanted to make it like some big revelation. Oh, this guy's dangerous because she makes it sound like he's super dangerous. And we're supposed to think this guy really means business. But I still don't think he's that scary. Well, the problem, too, is that she builds all this up like she makes it seem Mm. like she's really worried about it and then when she goes to the house she's just kind of fine with everything yeah like she just sits there and lets things happen and doesn't really like say anything or try to interject Mm. she just kind of chills out and is like and then she calls heim and goes like hey like he has really talented people and they do weird shit and there's like some bondage crap going on and some weird torture shit this is where we get into are you gonna do anything this is where we get into the bigger um, scene. So she she has a plan. First of all, she proposes, which I guess this is when you thought, when you told me previously, that uh, you thought there was going to be some violence because she straight out to Haim says, I think we should kill him. Oh, yeah. She proposes to kill him, and he's like, no, no. So uh, there. Like, she has this phone call with a guy that makes it sound like she's trying to set up a, a hit. Yeah. Because she tells the guy, like, don't text me anything. Like, if you have a problem or anything, call me. But I don't know if they ever follow up on that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you, Do you remember that? I it remember, but I thought, scene. but the thing is, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who she was talking to. Like, that's the problem. I thought for a second, but my mind was going between this and because uh, I was also doing the bear. So I was trying to go. And at some point I just cut off the bear and said, let's just focus all attention to this, which... If you're watching the bear, focus all your attention to the bear. 
not this. It's, yeah, it's worth much more of your time, I'm sure. But the, I did, and I don't I really did like write that down. Um, I thought it was Heim that she might have been, but it wouldn't have made any sense no. for him. But uh, their plan, or their makeshift plan right now, is for her to infiltrate just the household, keep eyes and ears open. And I thought she was saying that to Heim only because she's like, if I see anything, I will call you mm. so that's what i thought why i thought she was i don't it, see it sounded more like but a hit because know. she didn't want yeah. him to text her she's yeah. like don't leave a paper trail like don't text yeah, no, me I, I remember so that's kind of shit that you would do with no, like a you're hit right, you're right so it could have been but the thing is especially that's, since she has that whole conversation with haim about wanting to kill the guy yeah and then at the end of it haim you know kind of says no but he mm-hmm. also kind of says like well you do what you need to do or whatever yeah uh, but so she want like she not wanders, but she sort of surveys the house, the mansion, and everything, sees what's up. And the one person that I think personally it was done on purpose, but it's really hard to tell with a series that doesn't make it its intent to ever truly known, is she comes across Chloe, mm. um, played by Suzanne's son, I believe, uh, S O N, or Su- Susanna's son. And uh, first of all, this person, we see clearly a lot more of her face. I think when we've seen her in the past, we've seen what her face looks like, but it was in lower lighting. Yeah, we've seen her a lot now in night lights. bright. So yeah, apparently so now you, it's like clear as day. You and did you're not, just like, holy shit. She has, yeah, she's very freckled. She's very freckled. She's a lot younger she's looking than pale. I imagined. Um, and I, for whatever reason, just maybe because she had a squeaky kind of voice, I was thinking, well, if Norton's correct, which we have one more episode to go to see, um, this would make a lot of sense because Charles Manson, before he became a notorious serial killer, was a musician, failed musician, Mm. came out with a couple of bangers. If you're of the mind, too, I would say search up. You can YouTube it. Uh, Look at your game, girl, I think is the name of the song. It's a really, really sad, but really pretty song. It's, It's Manson's. It's literally his. But he was also huge, big, and with the uh, with the Beach Boys. Mm. Funny thing is, I almost said Beastie Boys. Nice, because for whatever reason, I've been uh, having them on the mind lately. But yeah, I think the Beach Boys took one of his songs and made it their own. I don't know if they ever gave him credit or if he was ever paid residuals for it. Mm. But he just got embittered by the music industry, and at some point, I guess he just said, "Screw it, I'm just going to start going." I don't think it had to do with his lack of success in the music industry. I think he always had it in him. To do it because he did kill before he made his family he did kill like a few drifters in the past because mm. i have um and norton would appreciate this i have also the uh serial killer what you call it encyclopedia of serial killers yeah i never liked manson he always seemed lazy. no she, well he was always a hack because he you. has proxies that's true it's like do that shit yourself bro but the thing is that i kind of saw uh, chloe as the squeaky Ah. of sorts um she has a beautiful voice i really like her voice uh it's kind of childlike in a sense she is um hands down like one of my favorite characters i like her a lot like she's just she's literally just there to be awesome i think she actually might be she just has an amazing there is a really breakout star sing yeah i think she would be it she yeah no more so than uh, anybody else she definitely steals the show um, so she recites this song about a crocodile, and then she recites her story to Destiny. Um, Destiny gives her some pointers on singing, mm. uh, I guess. Tongue work. Tongue work and stuff like that. Uh, but I like her song about the crocodile. And even, I guess, less surprising is her just actual backstory, saying how 
uh, what's his face, saved Tedros. her. Tedros uh, saved her. She was a former heroin addict. And Destiny is really, I, th- I like her too, because she's like the cool, calm, and collected. She could say something straight face to one person, but then she's smarter and she could say the real deal to somebody else. She's very calm in what she does, mm. which is nice. But I think Destiny sort of knows the true nature of Chloe and what's going on. I don't. She does go back to uh, Heim and she does say she does, in a sense, turn her her view because it sounds like she's okay with everybody once she observes people singing and their artistic process. Well, and whatnot. I Even, mean, I think she recognizes it for what it is. Like yeah. this is a guy who surrounds himself with talented people because he doesn't have any talent himself. True. And he mm-hmm. takes control yeah. of them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you think about what, uh, what is Leah's boy toy's name again? Isaac. Isaac. If you think about what Isaac says, Isaac's the one who says that stars belong to the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, because she said, like, uh, do you, she wants to, I don't think she said she wants to be treated like human, but she said something to the effect of, like, I don't think the world sees her as no, human. No, this or? is after the, the sex thing that I was talking okay, about. Okay, let's go so, into that. When uh, Destiny is observing the studio time, mm-hmm. um, there's a scene where, again, with uh, Mike Dean and, and Tedros and Joss, where they're trying to f- work out a song. Uh, Destiny gives her a note and says, like, oh, you weren't really that into it. Yeah. So Tedros goes, like, oh, I have just the thing. And mm-hmm. he goes to blindfold her. And you think, okay, he's just going to blindfold her. I didn't, nope. I didn't think that. I mean, I didn't think it either. At first, I thought, like, okay, I don't think he's going to, oh, no, he is going to do this. So yeah. he blindfolds her. He whispers in her ear about how it's just them. And right, then he yeah. Basically, he basically, like, well, he says edge. That's all. Her. Yeah. He uh, fingers her in front of everybody. Yeah. Uh, through her jeans. It's not like he no, you know, gets no, her naked well, because... or anything. I think he does pull down her top, though. No. I, I don't think so, but I don't remember. All I remember. Oh, no, that's right. He sticks his hand in it. Yeah. No, you're right. But, but all I, like... they're sitting there watching this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, again, um, Leia seems to be the uh, the barb in this series, where it's like yeah. she's the only one who kind of recognizes all the crazy that's going on, yeah. and and has the sense to say it's crazy. Yeah. Whereas maybe Destiny thinks it or observes it, but is not saying anything about it. So later, when Leia's in bed with Isaac, she kind of gets yeah. mad about, it and she tells him like, you know, he used her well, like, a, like an instrument, assault like assaulted the, her in front of him. And yeah. Isaac explains that. No, he did what he needed to do to get her where she needed to be yeah. because stars belong to the world. Yeah. No, no. And, and I've heard that uh, sentiment before. I don't agree with it because, yeah, they're, no. I mean, but it's the same thing of the whole paparazzo and paparazzi thing where people have always said, like, you don't treat them like they're human. And to the paparazzi, celebrity stars aren't human. They're stars. It's it's. I don't know if the sentiment is that they're so much above the normal human that they can't be looked at even in the same I mean I'm sure there's some paparazzi that see it that way I'm sure most of them are just like it's a paycheck like your life is worth money to me so Mm -hmm. I will use you to get money because that is how the world works but the whole family is super talented and um, Destiny no that's what I noticed about each and every one of them that has a talent in this group of theirs They're, they're very unique in their voice they're very unique in what they say which i think if there's one redeeming factor the most important factor in this whole series should be the music if you're doing a thing that's based around the music industry 
you would hope that the music angle is good. The music is pretty good. I'll the, give like weekend, so far. Weekend songs, and I'm all right with them. They're the fine. only saving grace here is Which, that a lot yeah. of the music in every episode is pretty decent, if but, not enjoyable. But the more you say, uh, and you've said it in the past, extended music video, like we can extend. Oh, hundred percent. The more I'm starting to really think that you might be onto something. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the end of this is just, turns out to be Tedros in his club, like, seeing Joss and imagining this whole thing. Mm. Like, it never really happened. Well, you just yeah. pictured it. Which brings me to an interesting thing that um, Chloe uh, sort of reveals, because, again, going back to Destiny, uh, it seems as though she always tries to be two steps ahead, and I think really the only person that can go toe-to-toe with Tedros, sadly, even though... It, the creators might have had in mind it's Joss that can go toe to toe with him. I don't think it is. Personally, I think it's Destiny that can. I, I mean, I, I think can she's see the that. only one that could really outsmart him. I be- can definitely see because that because he does have contingency plans in in place, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But the one thing that Chloe reveals, outside of being a former heroin addict it, and being saved by Tedros, is that she's also seventeen. She doesn't say. She almost gets to say 17. But oh, yeah, she, she, she switches it to 18. She switches it to 18. So now Destiny has the exact thing that she needs to nail Tedros, if that's the case. I, my personal prediction is the, the last episode of this season. I wish I could say series, <laughs> but I don't know if they're going for a second season or I not. I hope not. But I haven't heard My anything. prediction is that that's when everything blows up. You have, like, the authorities, like, come down, which oh. means that if it's a big to do and that's the cliffhanger that means everybody's fucked mm. Joss be for harboring right. an underage girl like you have somebody underage that puts the kibosh in the whole operation I mean you'd have to figure what's the age of consent in California though I don't know yeah I really don't know um, but I mean I was thinking because I noticed like her facial mannerisms and the way she sort of held herself when that information was put out like her, she kind of looked to me kind of like Okay, I got you now. Oh, Destiny? Be- yeah, because she wants him out. But the yeah. thing is that when she calls Haim later, uh, she says, like, yeah, this is, like, some crazy shit, but she's like, it produces results. Mm. So that's a little worrying to me if, because I also notice. I mean, Leia does bring up that point, too, where she's mm-hmm. like, oh, like, we're all just okay with this as long as they make money off of it. Yeah. But um, we also, in addition to Leia, there's also a side story with uh, Xander. Oh, Xander. We see more of Xander. We see that he has a voice. Uh, one of the stupider scenes in this episode oh, was... Because yeah. te- Tedros, Tedros is supposed to be uh, menacing. You're supposed to get that feeling whenever he appears on screen like any good villain. Mm. Like, if you're a good villain, you should be able to be on screen not saying anything, and the audience should still be scared of you. Yeah. I've never felt like that with him. No. Even though it's like it's like a, a little kid wanting to play yeah. menacing. Yeah. So when he's sneaking up on Xander singing in the shower, my mind went to maybe he's going to stab him. Or maybe he's yeah. going to do something violent. Yeah. And then when Xander gets out of the shower and like starts drying off and stuff like that, and he's still behind him, all he does is just scare him. Yeah. And then he laughs at him. And then Xander obviously says all this stuff about uh, uh, Joss and her mom. And it seems as though to me through, and correct me if I'm wrong, through dialogue that uh, they grew up together. So, yeah. So the story is that Xander, I'm assuming he came out and his parents were like, 
go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. So Joss's family took him in. Um, and then, according to Tedros, Joss told him that Xander ripped his vocal cords and couldn't tore sing. Tore his vocal cords, tore, yeah, yeah. tore his vocal cords and couldn't sing. Mm. So when Tedros catches him in the shower singing, yeah. he's like, well, either you've healed mm-hmm. or you lied. And I don't know why he just doesn't go with the heal option because he doesn't, like, Tedros doesn't know how long ago this was. Yeah. And I don't know how vocal cords work. Like, if they heal, I would assume I they know. do. Everything pretty if much heals in the body. If you, yeah, yeah, if you take time and all that shit. So it leads to this very weird confrontation where mm. Tedros is angry because Xander has lied about being able to sing. Mm. And we have this weird like this is out of nowhere yeah out of completely nowhere so tedros calls everybody into a line and pulls xander out of the line and asks him if he's lying about his voice Mm. so xander finally comes out and says that joss's mother knew that he could sing Mm -hmm. and had him sign a contract that said he would never sing because it would be it would like overshadow joss Mm. so then joss is sitting there saying, like, no, this would never happen. Like, you're a liar. Now, I can't remember when it happens, but at some point in the episode, either right before this or during this, Mm. there is this weird bit of information about Joss. And Oh, I think Xander might say it, actually. Mm. Uh, Xander lets it slip that Joss is the manipulative one. Joss is the one who controls everything around her and everything that happens to her. Mm -hmm. And I'm at first I'm thinking like, Oh, maybe he just does it as an excuse for why he doesn't do anything about her abuse. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, maybe she just picks it up from her mother because abused people, abuse people. That's, you know, what do they say? Hurt people, hurt people, hurt people, hurt people. Yep. So right after this is said, Mm. then you have Joss sort of turn on Xander yeah. And you can see it on Tedros's face that he doesn't really know which one to believe. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know whether to believe Joss or whether to believe Xander. Yeah. Because to him, I think he could believe that Joss's mother would do this to Xander. Yeah. But he also is tied to Joss. Like, he has to listen to her. He has to follow her. Because, again, they've decided to flip the script and say, oh, no, it's Joss that's been controlling Tedros this whole time. Yeah. Which is some bullshit because we have we yeah. haven't really seen that at all. No, no, no. We've all. seen her fight back against him, like, a couple a little, of times. Yeah. But that's it. The most manipulative thing she ever did was the music video. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, she's been, you know, fairly quiet about everything. No, that's and just the thing. Go with this the is where it's horrible writing if it really is supposed to come out that Joss is the minute, like, she's the one controlling the strings and pulling, like, the the, the strings in terms the of... puppet master. Puppet master. Um, but her best friend slash assistant, Leia, early on in the episode when they're having, like, a party, after, I guess, it's, like, a post... Uh, song party because the song's done. Uh, everybody hears the song. Oh, yeah, they do the song and then they decide they have to have a, party. Like, a little bacchanal. And uh, Leia's the one, like, because like Teakwood, like, that's getting fucked up. And she's like, Teakwood's expensive, like, but he doesn't care. He's like a big baby. Yeah. And so, in order to quote unquote cool her down or show her up, uh, what he does is he takes a super soaker full of like rum or whatever and just tequila. Tequila. And um, sprays it in her face multiple times. At first, Joss comes to her defense and says, "Like, oh, like, why are you doing that? That's that's fucked up." But she inevitably 
just kind of caves in to Tedros and whatever he wants to do. And that's what I think, kind of going back to Destiny and everything, I think what they're trying to portray is if you're anti-Tedros, it's inevitable that you're going to be pro-Tedros at some point. He just has that power. That's what it seems like they want to they, make it yeah, seem. Yeah, they want to make it seem now, like he has it, this, uh, that star quality, that like that thing that people get drawn into with cult leaders. Mm. And again, um, I think the problem is that they're not consistent about it. Like, we've had no real reason to see why people are drawn to Tedros at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, he surrounds himself with talented people, but that's it. Like, he doesn't have any talent as far as we can tell. He's just uh, a no. club owner who yeah. is also a music manager who also happens to know people. Uh, yeah, that's his whole that's claim to fame. It. That's what I can tell. Because uh, he doesn't play instruments. He doesn't really sing. No. Later on, after the uh, Xander fiasco, because the, Xander gets um, shot collared. Yeah. So that's his that's his uh, baptism, I guess, because he lied. So mm. he has to get shocked until he tells the truth, supposedly. And again, this is where Joss is supposed to come out as like the villain because Joss doesn't believe him, or Joss says he's lying. It just seems... And it's there's one of two ways you could look at it as either a yes, she's a manipulative bitch and she's been controlling everyone, or b she's a grieving person who doesn't want to believe that about her mother because yeah, her mother was a terrible person. But when you're in an abusive relationship, especially with somebody like a mother or somebody close, somebody enmeshed, it's mm. hard for you to step back and yeah. see that person for what they are. So if they tell you this person has done these things, even though you know they're capable of terrible things, you can't quite face that yet. So they, they haven't earned the right to yeah, have just have that revelation. I agree. I agree. Um, the weird thing, again, the Xander shit was felt out of place because it was very weird be, well because we know throughout these past three episodes that tetros is a menacing character or supposed to be he's supposed to be threatening he's supposed to be looming over every everybody mm. um but he's never really shown any physical violence just yet uh and even this time he hasn't he has somebody else he has his crony uh, Isaac, I believe. Does does Isaac tie up or no? Is the other one right? Somebody's some weird like skinhead looking guy. Yeah, he's been there. For, he's been there the whole time. I just I think don't, really. Yeah, wow. yeah. That's probably I just your don't... screwhead guy. But he comes. He ties up uh, Xander with Isaac's help, and then shock collars him. They yeah, they shock collar him, and then I think Tedros has his hands on the buzzer. So Tedros is the one mm -hmm. who shocks him. Yeah. Um. After this all happens, uh, mm. they have a party apparently mm. so oh also also there's this weird side story with diane happening uh yeah i was gonna mention her i have her in my diane notes. meets up with the record exec uh patty nikki 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 and magistrate records yeah so this is the part where diane is getting offered the, the golden offer she's getting offered the single that was joss's mm -hmm. and again because they put into the undercurrent that Joss is manipulative and, and a monster. Now, all of a sudden, when Diane comes to the party, and I think it's Chloe or Destiny. No, Chloe. Is it Chloe that Chloe, or Chloe tells Chloe, Destiny? Yeah, Chloe and Destiny are in like the hot tub or whatever. And then Diane, uh, played by Jenny Kim, she shows up, and we already see 
it, I did mark it down that, um, and this is just me personally, possibly, because I know you hate this series too, but I think I have sometimes a little bit more leeway on some of the things. Uh, but when she's in the meeting with Nikki and all the record execs, all this information is just toppled onto her. Like, we're going to give you the best producers. We're going to give you all this, 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 and this. She doesn't have to say her word. There's just a camera that pans on her face. And the amount of it looked like to me excitement and nerves and all this stuff i mean she didn't have to say a word it just, she didn't uh, look happy weirdly she didn't look enough. happy like but, she looked really scared but to me it to and me, like she was forcing herself to yeah. smile through it and it to me for that those subtle performances and i consider that like a subtle performance no that was a good performance uh, it's like, all right, she might be actor-wise the best breakout star, but the thing is, there not, are some good actors, but they're in not the show. giving her enough to work with. No. Now, if she's going to be, if there's going to be a second season, maybe I'll bite the bullet and watch it. If she's going to be in it more, I got to see what happens next episode to really see what happens. Uh, we also have. Um, oh well, so she comes to the party. Yeah. Joss learns that Tedros was banging her. Yeah. Uh, and so Joss decides to get revenge. Mm-hmm. on Tedros. Yeah. So, you know, she makes buddy-buddy with Diane, and then she goes and calls her ex, mm-hmm. Rob. Yeah. Who is a movie star? Uh, yeah. He's an um, actor. Because he said something to the effect of the last shoot that he was doing. Uh, it was like 95% of him in a mask. Oh, yeah, because he's doing a superhero movie. Yeah, so I assume that, yeah, he was a big-time superhero. The yeah. weird thing is that I... And I marked this down. I don't know why, but when he enters the house, um, and his name was Rob, this made no sense to me, but uh, who was on the piano? Mike Dean was mm. playing the piano. He was playing Iron Man. And I don't know why. Iron was, Man? He was playing, yeah, he was playing Iron Man, for, uh, Black Sabbath, oh. Iron Man, but just on the piano. I'm like, that's interesting. Rob, Robert Downey Jr. I, I was just linking oh. things. But it made no sense to me. But I just marked it down because it, it was a stupid observation. Um, let's see. Uh, so yeah, Rob yeah, we comes have Rob. over. Joss throws herself over him. Well, first Rob meets Tedros. Tedros, oh yeah. They mm. have a weird drinking fight. Uh, sort of. Tedros Ted- kind of tries to go head to head with Rob on shots. And yeah. he kind of fails. Well, now, he does. here's the weird thing. I'm not sure if somebody drugged Tedros. Maybe. Because he seems really weird. So it's either he, A, can't hold his liquor. He can't. Which, for all of the, the things they have done, all the partying they've done, yeah. I haven't really seen a sign of that. No, but he also goes, like, shot, shots is one thing. I know from personal experience, shots is one thing if you do it over a period of time. They were doing that stuff in, like, ten minutes. Yeah, but Rob was fine. But he's also taller. And also, when you're taller, first of all, if you're used to it, that's one thing. But you have to think about how quickly it soaks in your body. Now, in the beginning, this is my mind working overtime. In the very beginning, the two uh, Latin maids, they were saying that they were talking about his demeanor and his attitude. They commented on his height. They were like, maybe because he's short, too. Oh, that's right. So, the Napoleon I mean, complex. You're, if you're shorter, obviously less ba- body mass. Your body's going to take it in a lot quicker than somebody who's taller. Yes. You look at me that way. Yes, I've been obviously accused of this before but tequila i can't drink anyway well no i can't drink it either. uh but it's... i mean i don't drink anyway but yeah so 
I think it would start just knowing from my own behavior in the past. So you think he was just genuinely drunk? Uh, because I know from myself, um, in the worst periods, if you're going shot for shot for shot, like in my 20s and stuff like that, when not that you're supposed to be drinking like college kids when you, when you are, um, if you your body can't hold liquor, your body knows. Your body immediately will vomit it up. And he was gargling. Oh yeah, a lot. he does. That's the thing. Yeah, the body will not. That's true. The body will tell you. That's why. That's the other reason I kind of thought he was drugged too, because he like got this weird sick reaction. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's just allergic to tequila. He could be, because that's that's that the tequila, reaction I'm that. I'm assuming it was. No, he, I think he said tequila because oh, that's what he filled okay. all the guns with. Maybe that's just all he drinks. But yeah, so. But he got sloppy drunk. He, he gets sloppy puts drunk. Puts his fist up because I guess he's trying to be. He's kind of like jokingly, you know, putting fisticuffs up, but he's not, you know, it's it's almost one of those situations where it's like, if you take this as a real thing, then I'll I'll treat it like a real thing. Mm. If you take it like a joke, then I'll treat it like a joke. Like it's it's in your the balls in your court. And mm. Rob clearly doesn't care. He's like, I don't know. I thought who the he was gonna knock are. the shit out of him, honestly. Uh, Just because he didn't it look was amused. A little funny. And then when um Joss comes in and he's like, who is this? And Joss is like, oh, he's nobody. Like, I don't know who the hell he yeah, is. Yeah. And they both go up to her room. Mm -hmm. Tedros follows like a little puppy. Yeah. And she's locked the door. She, the door. she locks him out. Mm -hmm. And he gets mad and he slams on the door and this and that. But it doesn't matter. Yeah. She doesn't open it. She doesn't care. She just bangs Rob. Mm -hmm. You know, talks about how like, oh, I miss you. I want to get back together. Blah, blah, blah. And then when he's leaving. Oh, we're also forgetting a very important uh, part, but I'll let you take it away. I'll just kind of because you would know this probably more than I would because you've read it. But um, he's he wants to be serious with Joss because this is right after Joss, uh, I guess, a la Tedros's. Oh, yeah, um, she suggestion. posts a, uh, a video on social media, yeah, explaining her trauma. And so, the reason I'm tossing it to you is because I would think that this would be her quote unquote Jeanette McCurdy moment, but because you've read the book, does this ring? any true where it's kind of like Jeanette her their version of Jeanette coming out in book form kind of because in all good honesty like what Jeanette had said uh was up until her mother's death she didn't drink she didn't smoke she didn't do anything like mm. she was very controlled yeah her mother you know controlled what she ate her mother controlled what went into her body mm. and then once her mother died that was the first time she drank that was the first time she did drugs that was the first time she had sex like yeah. she basically just broke the mold as soon as her mom died and we don't know if the same thing is true right now of joss where it's yeah. like we don't know how long it's been since her mother died we have no uh, idea. Like, no. they haven't really said when it no, happened. No, I thought they might have given, like, a, but I really don't remember I if they did. I don't think they gave a timeline. But, yeah, you might, yeah, I think uh, you're right. So it's one of those situations where I think she's spiraling. Mm. Um, it can't be that long ago because if she's going to cry at the music video and call out for her mom, then you obviously know it's, it's a fresh enough wound. Uh, again, unless she's being manipulative. Uh, so in this particular instance, I think her, her need to sort of get back at Tedros, as it were, in this case, is, yeah, it's a little bit fueled by grief. Yeah. It's a little bit Jenny, Jeanette McCurdy in that way. Mm -hmm. um, Jeanette McCurdy was not, at least as far as I can tell from her memoir, she wasn't really, Better? like, revenge sex type. Oh, uh, okay. She, you know, she did end up having sex, and she did end up, like, I think her the first time she had sex, she kind of didn't really plan it, but it happened. Like, she wanted to have it, but she wanted it to go differently, which is... I hear that about a lot of people's first times, to be honest. Of course. Uh, but anyway, 
back on track. <laughs> so yeah, Joss having sex with uh, Rob is not that surprising. No. I don't know how sincere she is. Uh, and then when he's leaving, there's a whole weird interaction with Xander. Xander and and I don't know friend. if it's because Xander is now in line with Tedros. This is the thing. This is what I was, well, this is the thing. Because the friend makes it very clear that she's kind of trying to set up a, a sort of... It's a blackmail. A blackmail photo. But the thing is, it is very much blackmail. And this is why I was going to say, too, it sort of leads back to... If you're against Tedros... Eventually, I think the theme is that you're going to be a part, you're going to be a minion, because um, Isaac, when uh, Xander is still recovering from all that shock therapy, if you mm. will, uh, he's still he's resting, but his feet are still bound and everything. Isaac comes up to him, I guess cleans him up a little bit, and he said, I'll let you go, but you have to do something for Tedros. Oh, so I this, missed that part. Yeah. Okay. I, caught, I mean, this is, the, this is one of the reasons why... Personally, uh, especially when reviewing something, I like to put on the closed caption. Yeah, I get it. If I just in case I miss something. Too. Yeah, I mean but, the volume on this show is yeah, not great. So, but that's the only because it took me a second. I'm like, this seems like a weird out of the blue. Yes, but then, that's what I took it as. But then I'm like, oh, that makes sense because yeah. he had to do something for him. So Tedros does have fail safes in in place. Yes, which makes him still a formidable enough opponent. But uh, I mean, I'm not really. The only problem with it is, like, I don't see why... So let's say that the whole blackmail photo does come out. First of all, she's not naked. She's just kind of in a bikini. Second of all, it wouldn't be that hard for him to just explain to Joss, like, oh, your friend wanted me to take a picture with her friend, and she was, like, all over me for no reason. Yeah. And I don't see why Joss wouldn't believe him. No. No, it's not the... Like, it's, it's not it's necessarily the, the most blackmail well plan. plan. Yeah. Like, there, it'd be one thing if you got him drunk and had her, like, kind of climb on top of him in a bed and she was naked and you took, like, you know, pictures of that. Sure. Mm-hmm. Then that's a little hard to argue. But her sitting on stairs with him and, that, like, yeah. he clearly looks uncomfortable. Yeah, he's yeah. smiling because he just wants to get the picture taken. But he's clearly not trying to touch her or anything. He's no, trying to keep no. his hands off her the whole time. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is that it, it could be blackmail. Like the most amateur blackmail but, ever. Yeah, that's the thing. It could be blackmail in a couple of things. I mean, it could be blackmail. I don't see why it would be against Joss because if they showed it to Joss and say, like, look what, look at what your man's doing. Is it that well, big? Well, no. It would but be the thing technically is that, against him no, in that would be to against prove him. to Joss, yeah. like, oh, look, this person doesn't really care about you. That, or it could be if you really want to get, I guess, solid, as solid as you can with something and make them hurt. Then have this girl, whoever took the picture with, say that he assaulted me. He put his hands on me. How is he going to prove that that's nobody true. else is around? No, that's true. And he's a star, so and be, he's if a it's lot more Tedros to risk. really wants to get, because that's his M.O., is to not make people feel shitty. It's more or less, if he wants you out of Joss's life or whoever's life, he's getting you out one way or the other. This would be a good way to get him out, just because now he would be embroiled, Rob, in his own... Like uh, defending himself, I did not touch her. All that stuff, but because then he that would take him out of the picture at least temporarily. Yeah, I have no idea if that's the way it's going to go. The only other thing, because that's where I ended my notes. The only other thing, and that's where the episode ended. Yeah, I have in mind, and I'm not entirely certain where this is going. Is we do see Tedros outside of the bedroom door locked after he has a little hissy fit. Clearly see tears in his eyes, so he's a big baby. Obviously, he's not getting what he wants. Mm. But the weird thing that kind of was out of place to me, and I know what it was there for a certain reason, 
was he looks back while he's in the hallway and there's a lit oh, the photograph Prince of po- Prince. And so he kind of like nods his head for a second. This is post, like right after their, the sex scene between Rob and Joss. So I was thinking to myself, what could the Prince thing possibly mean? But I was figuring if they're going on the fact that this guy is dumb as a rock for the most part, he might have had a revelation of the song When Doves Cry. Because when doves cry, they make a very specific cooing. They make a very specific sound. And I believe personally, I don't didn't do any research on the song itself, but I believe because it was Prince, that's what it was after. Coital sounds. Oh. Yeah. And so he had this realization in his head. You could sort of see it like, oh, okay. Oh, see, I didn't, I just thought it was because she made that comment about Prince in the first episode. You might, you know, maybe I'm reading too much. Yeah, like, because I to me, I was, he that. was just kind of looking and he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. She likes Prince. <laughs> that could be it, too. Or it could be both. I have no idea. But um, given all that, because that's, again, I took as thorough notes as I could. No, yeah. The, you you covered pretty well because this episode was all, it over, was the all place, over the place. And they um, shoved a lot into it. Given that. Uh, it didn't really work or was weird. What are you going to give this as of one to five star grade? We've been pretty much on the low scale. I'll give it a one star only because I really liked the music. Mm -hmm. And I do agree with you that there were some really good performances Mm -hmm. in this one. Um, Any episode that has more Chloe is obviously going to be a good thing. And more Diane. I like her Mm -hmm. a lot, too. Uh, Everybody else I really don't get. No, agreed. I don't really care about anyone else. And it's funny because I feel like we're supposed to like... uh, What's her face? Joss. Leia. Oh, Leia, yeah. No, I don't think we're supposed to like Joss, and I don't mm. think we're supposed to like Tedros. Mm. I think we're supposed to like Joss in the beginning, and then as it goes on, you're like, oh, no, her and Tedros belong together. Yeah. Like, they're both assholes. But Leia, I feel like, is the one that's supposed to come out as the put-upon best friend, as the victim in all this, as mm. the sort of, I have no power, and, like, I have no mouth, and I'm a scream-type character. You uh, see, I, well, first of all, that's the first and probably... Only Harlan Ellison sighting I will ever get in a podcast, so thank you. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, she's kind of in this weird, trapped position. Yeah. And I, if they they just make her just that, just that right amount of unlikable that you can't get behind her. Yeah. And I, I hate it because I'm like, yeah. I don't, I mean, no offense to the actress. I, I'm sure you're a fantastic actress, but I really don't like you in this role. Mm. I really don't think you fit. And I don't think that, like, I mean, I know this is an asshole thing to say, but, like, I don't like the sound of your voice. I don't like the look of your face. Like, you just don't fit here. And it's such a weird character to have because I don't know if they're one of those things where it's, like, she's supposed to be the duff because everyone else in the series is hot. They're all hot except for her. Joss, you mean? What are you talking about? No, uh, Leia. See, I think she looks fine. I mean, I get what you're saying. I mean, they all, it's from the same person who did Euphoria, so I don't think really there's supposed to be anybody that's, it's, from judging from when I went out to L.A., a lot of people look like all of them. A lot of people look like the whole lot, depending on where you go. So even if you think they're unattractive, that's attractive by the California Hollywood Beverly Hills I mean, the only thing I could possibly say about Leia is that she's supposed to be... Like, where Haim is the obvious Jew, I would say she's the, the undercover Jew. Could be. Where she's, like, that Jewish princess, kind of. Could be. That's because possible. that's what she comes off as. Yeah. 
It, it's That's quite the possible. Look she has. Uh, Apologies to the actress no, no. if you're not Jewish. Apologies no, to the Jewish no. community. I'm not calling you. No, I mean, the thing is but that I'm just saying, like that's the vibe. No, but I get. they go heavy on that angle anyway, so I wouldn't be surprised. It, nothing really is subtle in this show. No. So you give it one star uh, on account, honestly, more so than anything else, of the performance of Susanna or Suzanne's son, this Chloe, and. I like I'm Destiny gonna, in this one too, actually. Yeah, Destiny. I liked her a lot more. So I'll say for two stars, I give two stars. That'll bring us up to three stars, which I believe is our highest grade to date. And I don't think <laughs> I said it last. I said it last uh, episode, and I'm pretty certain that it's going to be a true thing. Where uh, I don't think we're going to get beyond three stars. I, I said can't that before. see like unless they pull out an amazing ending, and I don't think they can. Even if they did, I would do. Do I base it then? And I'll only have to see when that time comes will i base it on the series as a whole or the season as a whole which i can't or i'll have to base it on the series and the episode itself i mean the thing that sucks is like in every interview that the weekend has done about this his claim is that you need to see the whole thing to understand it which it's like then you shouldn't have made it a show yeah. Like, you should have made it a fucking movie. I agree. Or even a miniseries. No, like, I agree. fine, but not a fucking show. No, completely, you know? completely agree. So that's our take, and we'll see you again in the finale, hopefully, of the entire series. Oh, God, please. I want this to stand alone as just something that we could hold in stasis and forget. I, don't, I can't see them getting another season, to be honest. This if thing we, got lampooned so hard. If they do come out with another season, hopefully Norton and I will be back to shit in, uh, shit into it and shit onto it even more. I don't know. I don't want to give it the ratings. I know. I know. Uh, but anyway, that's our time. Norton we'll be out. back. Kajowski out.